Hello and welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly. We are bringing you Transformers news and views and opinions and feel opinions and feelings from around the world. This is episode 187. We're recording live on Friday, the 12th of April, 2019. This week, there is a bit of a blast from the past coming back in the third party world, but you know, it's, it's, it's been upgraded. It's got a few new things. There's a lot of discussion about Bumblebee and uh, there's a, an interesting an interesting repaint of uh, a not so uh, not so distant past Optimus Prime that is looking pretty hot and coming at us. Uh, all that and more is coming up after this. A slightly more intimate and quiet show this week. Uh, it's just two of us. Oh. I'm Jay. I'm Jason. I, I said intimate and quiet. It's okay. <laughs> nothing has to, nothing has to be an innuendo. No, fair enough. No, not everything does. Uh, it is. Uh, I'm Jason. It's been a few weeks since I've been on the show. I've uh, been dealing with a bit of stuff and I've been away. Uh, joining me tonight, we have Max coming to us from Adelaide. How are you doing, Max? I'm doing all right, thank you, Jason. Yeah, I'm mostly been. Busting my balls at uni, um, playing a lot of video games, and getting ready for the toy fair this weekend. First, first thing he says on the show is that not everything needs to be innuendo. Second thing he says on the show is that he's been busting his balls. Okay. Yeah, well, that's that. It wasn't an innuendo. <laughs> no, no, it, it was not. It's literally busting. Just get someone to kick you, like over and over. Actually, that's you, you're doing toy fair this weekend. That's probably going to happen, right? No, it's yeah. It's quite. It's literal. You know, I went. I'm looking for arthropod specimens and i can't walk anymore <laughs> i don't know what's going on but it's okay uh edit right points, edit points maybe what's going on yeah yeah, ma yeah um, maybe <laughs> been getting ready for the toy fair i'm shaping up to be maybe the third con convention in a row where i'm sick on the day which is wonderful i love that every single time it happens but it's gonna yeah. be one so should be good um now so this is so this is toy fair this is not the mega toy fair which i the, the mega toy sale thing which i came over for last year no this is the other thing okay but it's, it's kind of the same it's kind of the same thing right kind of the same it's like it's the same thing but like a bit better done Can right I say so, so what you're saying is adelaide has two dueling toy fairs yeah just um, one of them is twice a year and another one is once a year all right, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I've been away for a few weeks. I've managed to I've managed to grab a few uh, acquisitions in the meantime while I've been away. So we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit later on in the show. But I think um, maybe we should get started. It's been it's uh, I haven't been able to do that this much and do this this much in the last uh, in the last few episodes. But uh, it does give me great pleasure to introduce the winner of this week's Bot Shots Weekly competition. And before I do this, I do need to actually just like make my make my screen the uh, presenter to everyone. Now, uh, Bot Shots Weekly is our weekly Facebook photography competition. We encourage you to take your bots out of their cabinets, put them out into the big wide world, and uh, yeah, leave them outside in the rain. Um, you know, let animals come past and chew them. Don't do any of those things, but um, do take them out and you know, 
set him up and give him a bit of a pose, which is uh, exactly what this week's winner has done. This week's winner is Kyle Kirkwood, uh, who has gotten himself uh, a, a Studio Series 38 Optimus Prime. And I wonder if he actually, uh, I wonder if he won on strength of the, uh, the figure alone. I mean, it's a good shot. It's uh, definitely an iconic shot from the movie, but also he does have, he is quite lucky to have this. So who knows? Right. He did. He did put. He did put together a good photo, though. So I can't quite fold him there. No, he certainly he certainly has. Um, now, a little bird tells me that um, Hasbro Australia has sent stock of Studio Series Thirty Eight to Amazon, and um, so Amazon, I expect, will be putting this guy up for order any day now. So if you are if you are looking for this guy, I think he's a Voyager, not a leader class. Is that right? Uh, yeah, he's a Voyager because of the studio series scale nonsense. Yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, if you are looking for the uh, if you are looking for studio series thirty eight Optimus Prime, I reckon you're going to find it on Amazon in the coming week, maybe two weeks, but uh, we'll see how we go. And if if it turns out that I'm right next week, you know, I'll just I'll go and yell it from the rooftops, shall I? Now you mentioned scale, I think you might be like drastically out of scale because isn't Bumblebee Prime like half the size of old Bay Prime? Uh, you know, I'm gonna say <clears throat> reboot, and it doesn't matter anymore. I'd... At least I, I, I think I think the Bumblebee movie figures don't need to match the other Studio Series figures' scale. Yeah, that's a, about as much of the discussion as needs to be put into that, really. Yeah, probably. We're going to move swiftly on and get to the news. Straight into news. Hasbro news. That will take us into some news. What news comes from by yonder? Let's go take a look at some news. Is So while we are talking about reboots, uh, Lorenzo de Bonaventura, who is the, uh, the gentleman pictured here, um, He's been running his mouth again this week, and yeah, he's been doing this a bit. And it's it's the release of it's the home release of Bumblebee on DVD and Blu-ray and download, right? So like, it's kind of it's kind of his job to get out there and talk about the movie and talk about the franchise and get the name of the movie into headlines. So like, he's kind of doing his job, but uh, he has um, he's been sort of flip flopping over whether or not it's actually going to be a a reboot or not for the last last let's let's just say year. Well, you you, you say he's trying to you know drum up press of movie. Mm. Well, uh, that's what um, flip flopping for, for the last six months certainly drums up a bit of press. It certainly does because every time every time this guy gives an interview, his name ends up on um, his name ends up on Transformers websites, and then they publish their own rebuttals, and then they publish opinions about. It. And so, like, he's just he's, he's doing he's like I said, he's doing his job. He's generating generating buzz and press for the movie. He's getting the names the movie's name into headlines now. Um, he has been asked this week in a in an interview. Uh, he's he has said in the past he said in the past couple of weeks that they want to do another mainline Transformers movie that is that picks up directly after the last night. And uh, this week the kibosh was put on that when uh, when asked directly if they're working on another working on a movie that will follow up the last night. He said no. <laughs> Thank you. 
He's yeah. Finally, it's uh, about as definitive as it gets, but he's said definitive answers in the past. Yeah, yeah. He, so who knows? Like, 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 like I said, his like his job is to run his mouth at this point. So like, yeah, whatever. We'll see. I almost uh, feel like we're lucky having you know, had a bit of a drought of episodes over the course of time when Lorenzo's been running his mouth so much. <laughs> so we've been able to just gently bypass this entire nonsense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so look, he is he is a producer for the franchise, so. Um, the future of the franchise does somewhat rest on his shoulders. So um, it is, it is, however, notable that uh, yes, his answer is no. There is no, there is no sequel to the Last Night coming. Now, of course, like everything else that goes on with, uh, with these films, like there is wiggle room. Like someone, the question that was asked is, are you working on, are you working on something that picks up the Last Night's story? And his answer was no. It doesn't mean that they won't pick up some aspect of that story, but um, the last night's story is done. No, it, it's which is interesting considering that if they were to go on that route, like the last night is very much it's both a like resolute ending and also a cliffhanger. So who knows? It is, and you know, if I'm perfectly honest, I would be happy to see. I would be happy to see something that actually picks up that storyline and continues it, but I don't want it to be done by Bay and. I would want it to be a little bit cleverer about it, and so I, I don't mind if they want to if they want to sort of you know take the Bumblebee story, take the Unicron storyline, and you know like you know chuck it into chuck it into whatever the Bumblebee franchise becomes. But um, yeah, no, for now, I think they should just leave it, leave it well enough alone. Yeah, like I over the last few months since Bumblebee has been a thing, and like the overall. G1-ifying of much of the Transformers franchise. I've felt myself like getting this weird feeling of nostalgia and almost missing the Bay movies. But I also know that I'm in the tiny, tiny minority when it comes to that. So yeah. it is probably the healthiest thing for the movies to move past that. You know what? Um, if you do get the pangs of nostalgia for those movies, there's five of them. There's <laughs> It's about 15 hours of content. Just feel free to just go and watch them. It's okay. Just, just cut it all into one big, you know, cut it all together oh, into just oh. one thing of just the Transformers stuff. Oh, my God. It could be the Bayverse Supercut. And, there, and there's your title, Brad, as you're editing the show. <laughs> Bayverse Supercut. Ooh. All right, all right. So, um, yeah. So, if officially, yeah, the Bayverse uh, is probably gone. Uh, and I guess does that mean that does that mean that now we have the Nightverse? I think we have the ambiguous. Let's call it the ambiguous reboot verse. <laughs> Actually, you know, why don't we just call it the Bayverse? The, the, ba nice, the, the Bayverse. The Bayverse. All right. All right. So in Beaver's news, having having said for the last four months that he's uh, he's done, he's done his uh, done his Bumblebee movie, and he's he's done. He's going back to going back to um, going back to working at. Uh, oh my god, I can't remember the name of his production company. Laker, Laker, Laker. Um, probably not Laker because that's a camera company. But uh, so Travis Knight has uh, this week given an interview where he's like, mm, you know what, like. I wouldn't mind telling another story in this universe. So, you know, like, I think, uh, I think Travis Knight might not be done 
with Transformers just yet, personally. Uh, well, it might have something to do with, you know, for past few months, being people going, oh, hey, could we get Travis Knight back? And he might have seen that and go, oh, oh, okay, people like this. They really like what I did. Okay, maybe I will come back. It's 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 very possible. Um, I, as when I saw that when I saw this <laughs> saw this news today, sorry, when I saw this news on Twitter this afternoon, it says um, so. The, the the headline on TFW is Travis Knight expresses his interest for another Transformers movie. Uh, I I quoted it and said Transformers fan base expresses its interest in another Travis Knight movie. <laughs> yeah. Because I, th I, th I think at this point. Uh, look, at, at this point, they can either they can either decide no, we're gonna we're gonna you know switch directors every movie, which is what they were threatening to do like you know five or six years ago with the mainline Transformers movies, but they they didn't they stuck to Bay. They could go and change director every movie; it sort of becomes a Bond franchise kind of thing, or um, they could hitch their wagon to someone else and you know pin pin their uh, pin their franchise on someone else instead of actually instead of just being Michael Bay. And if that someone is Travis Knight, well, you know, uh, I think, I think, no, I, think, I, think look, I, I think Knight has made, Knight has made enough statements that are uh, somewhat dubious in terms of, um, in terms of, uh, you know, being, being a dyed in the wool hardcore fanboy in the, uh, in the past. But I also think that he's also, he's also actually at least cut his teeth and, and uh, earned his, earned his, um, He's earned his keep on Bumblebee, and I think I think the Transformers community is more comfortable with him than they are with Bay. And so, if they were to actually hire him for another movie, I don't think there'd be I don't think people would be um, that upset about it. Yeah, like the, the thing is, you know, if there was a hypothetical better director for the movies out there, then I would say, yeah, we then I'd prefer to have that director. But we don't we don't know who that is yet. Right now, we you know Travis Knight. He's made a movie that is widely widely regarded you know by greek Spencer like as the best movie right and that was and that's a movie with a it's just what well, we could pretty well tell to have a very troubled production that still came out quite well so in the event that he was able to you know steer steer a production of a movie in a course that was you know not so troubled had less you know back and forth between uh you know directors and writers and producers all of this if it was you know if there was something that was more dedicated to just making a movie the way he wants to make it, then it could have the potential to be someone really special. It probably wasn't already. Yeah, look, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things that I think need to be acknowledged, though. Uh, one, they didn't give him that much budget to play with for Bumblebee, and we heard a lot we heard a lot of stories about how you know they ran out of money for the you know for some of the Cybertron scenes. They couldn't put certain things in that they, that they wanted to. I would like to see those purse strings loosened up a little bit for whatever they do next but you also do need to be you do need to be a little bit careful in that you know the more money you spend if, if transformers is not you know is not the franchise that's earning you know a billion dollars per movie at the moment then they're probably not going to want to spend that much more but i think they could do with raising the budget a little bit yeah i think they um, need to caution themselves because bumblebee was hampered by coming out on the stupidest weekend of movie releases in i've ever seen uh and also, you know, coming off of a negative blowback from the last night. Right, so it was handled that. It was so, but in any case, yeah, they're not going to want to throw all that money at him. 
Yeah, I think so. I do yeah. wonder. I do wonder if the new, the next one is a Bumblebee two, or if it's Optimus Prime, or if it's just something else. You know that they, they, you know, they, they might even, they might even just adapt a particular story and just call it that. It's one of, it'd be one of those, you know, one of those nebulous concepts Lorenzo has been throwing around, or you know, something that he ends up, that Travis Knight ends up wanting to direct. I think I, I would caution the Transformers fan base as a whole. And not, you know, looking at this and going, oh, cool. Now we're going to get a pure G1 movie. Yeah. Well, I, look, I know he, that a lot of people just not, want that, but like, he's not those Cybertron scenes were only added in the last six months before release. Like, it's not, don't, you know, don't assume that because, you know, there, there was a little bit going in one direction, but this is exactly what you're going to get. Hmm. You know, yeah. So, so here's what I think they should actually do, right? If they are going to, so if they're going to hitch their wagon tonight, they can. They do actually have the option of actually doing the full CG animated prequel kind of thing, right? Because we did hear that, that we did hear that that was coming up um, as a like a Bayverse entry, doing an animated prequel on Cybertron. Was, it was scheduled to come out this year, actually, but you know, production yeah. well, just fallen apart. I, I, I think production never started, but yeah. But they like they they do have the they do have the ability to actually go and do that. Like they've spent a lot of time modeling that world and creating it. We're gonna we'll talk about that in a little while. But I think you can do that and you can hand that to someone else to do, but you can, you know, you can make Knight a producer on it instead of directing it and you know let let the CG animators you know go nuts on their on their direction and stuff. You do need to get you do need to write it properly. Like you actually you do need to actually have a, a proper story at the heart of it, but I'm sure. I'm sure they can handle that, and then you know, get Knight working on, you know, whatever the next live action movie is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because that hypothetical Cybertron movie has been just floating around for so long, right? Now was a precedent set, you know, for and it would be a perfect way to please those fans whose entire metric by which they measure the transform the quality of Transformers media is how closely does it match G one? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a that, it, it's a thing. I guess that's more of a topic for another time. I guess, but look, yeah. I I, look, I would like to see I would like to see Knight do something else. I don't know whether or not I don't know whether or not it needs to you know be overseeing the whole franchise from here on, or if it's just you know hey get him to direct another movie. Bearing you got to bear in mind as well, like he's he's and he's still kind of an up and coming director as well, um, because he holds this he holds this. Um, he holds this interesting, interesting position at at Leica, and uh, you know, there's there's not that many people who can hold this position as like the head of the studio, and also you know, sort of step out and direct some stuff here and there. And so, it's I think it's interesting that he's able to wear those two dual hats. But also, Bumblebee was not Bumblebee as a production was not actually didn't involve his production house, and maybe maybe a future installment might. Yeah, well, I think the other thing that he might. In terms of that relationship between his production company and Bumblebee, is that him, you know, for in his production company, right, he would have basically essentially full creative control. Whereas mm. a Bumblebee, that would and that would have been much more restrictive because he's just a director working in his studio under the purview of producers. You know, so it's a matter of if he's weighing up, you know, his future choices for how he's going to approach movies, you know, is he. You know, what's he going to want to do between continuing to work at Leica when he can essentially do what he wants, or move, or come back in and do something else with Transformers under Paramount? 
know, like I, I think I think so. Paramount is ultimately the, the distributor, and Allspark Pictures was the the studio that uh, created the film, right? And so, if he comes back in to do more, he might say, you know, like um, Laker gets contracted by Allspark to do particular things, and it just becomes a co-production. But um, it still becomes a it's still a Paramount thing. You know, like it's not like they get full creative control just because they're they're the people making the movie. There's still licensing and there's still particular you know sets of approval and story approval and things like that that needs to go on. But I think I think the I think the Transformers writers room from a few years ago. I think whatever they've whatever they came up with at the time. I know Bumblebee was one of the things that they came up with, but. Um, I think the other the other stuff that came out of that writer's room, I think, is gone. Bumblebee was like, it was this weird thing that Jeff started for about five years and then eventually for No, but that's, that's not unusual for films. Right. Um, yeah, I think Bumblebee was very... Let's, I don't think we should fall into the trap of thinking that Bumblebee was this set-out from day one, this is what it's going to be. It was a very nebulously and ill-defined. I don't think anyone's actually saying that. Like it's been very, it's been very clear for. I, I think some people, like maybe. I don't think you seem to hang think, around much smarter no, people. Yeah, I don't think anyone who's on the podcast or has been listening to the podcast where you've been saying this repeatedly is under those impressions. And sure, there might be some other people out there, but I think I think we know that there has been. A really, a really interesting. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't necessarily say troubled, but um, it's been quite tumultuous during the production of the movie. And I'm really interested to see what happens if it's if the next one is not so, not so, um, not so tumultuous, not so, not troublesome. But you know, well, all sorts of things. But yeah. While we are still talking, we, we are still talking about um, Bumblebee stuff a little bit now. Three A has Three uh, A has released pictures of their uh, deluxe Optimus Prime toy, and holy shit, it looks good, doesn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah, this is... I was, you know, I wasn't all that excited about this when I first teased it, but you look at that, and just, like, I don't, beyond Bumblebee and Blitzwing, I don't know what it is about this one specifically that just seems to capture that, you know, that image from the film so perfectly so here, here's the thing right these do look good i i did look into getting the bumblebee deluxe figure it's still like 300 dollars. yeah that's you know like cheapest yeah. i could find for blitzwing was 250 yeah and like i like the look of them but i'm just not sure i like them that much and, and i say this as someone who has spent a few hundred dollars on a figure that I'll talk about later, and I'm about to get Beast Wars Masterpiece Megatron. I'm going to get MP44, 44. Yeah, I, I'm going. To, I'm going to get the new Masterpiece Prime as well. So, like, I'm not averse to spending a few hundred dollars on a figure. I'm just not sure I want to spend it on these figures. I, I don't know. It is. I, I feel like if they were movie masterpiece scale, then it'd be much. It'd be a much easier decision for me. But it's like the fact that they're slightly above that scale, you know, like where Bumblebee, I think it's like eight inches tall, that that throws it off. It means, you know, I can't really fit that into anything else. So if you want to buy these, you're going to end up buying them for a dedicated display, essentially. Yeah, yeah. They don't fit in anywhere else. 
you know, if you're going to buy these figures, I, <laughs> if you're going to buy these figures, I suggest you just buy the ones from uh, from Bumblebee because when the next movie comes out and they've got more budget, there'll be more characters and it'll cost you a lot more to obtain the whole cast of the movie. So if you, if you want to have a nice, simple uh, simple figure display for the, the 3A movie cast, then do it for this movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm still in awe that some people have dropped, you know, $700-odd on every single premium scale that they've put out there. Like $700 a pop for each of those. So for the scale above these... Like, yeah. So, I, you know, we might say, you know, oh, these, are, you know, three. This is going to be three hundred bucks. When um, I'm not comfortable paying that. But there are people who, and you, if you go to like three A groups, there are people who think that these are too low budget. That these are just cheap and nasty versions. Like, yeah. Three A collectors are something else. I mean, more power to them because they're oh, like, I, stuff I, I, on a I, level unlike. Yeah. Else, but yeah, I, I, I don't see it as I don't see it as that different to you know like people spending megabucks on you know the huge statues and stuff. And like if you recall a few a few months ago, I did say that I think that there's space for something above masterpiece, and maybe this is it. Yeah, certainly movie masterpiece wise, like if this, uh, especially if this deluxe size continues, so obviously they've shown three of these, but only one of a premium scale from Bumblebee. So obviously that smaller size and lower budget means they can pump them out a fair bit quicker. So if, I think if can, there yeah. is going to be something, in fact, they're pumping them out basically at the same rate at the same rate as Movie Masterpiece. So you know if you, you're describing something above that, above a masterpiece level, well, movie wise, this may be it. Maybe, maybe. You're talking me into getting them. <laughs> yeah, well, I. I stand on like, yeah. This is I've pre-ordered the Bumblebee and half half slightly regret it because it's not going to fit into anything. But yeah, I look at this and just this, especially above Blitzwing, like it. I don't know. It just looks perfect. I can't fault it anywhere. It's it's. Oh, to... look! I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure once you get it in your hand, you'll find a, a bunch of things about it. That you oh, I can nitpick yeah. things to death, but yeah, like. I'm just blown away by this. I don't have... I, this is one of the things where we, you know, like to dissect and analyze things for a story, but I can't really. It just looks perfect. Hmm. All right. Well, look, uh, I'm not sure, I'm not actually sure when it is uh, when it's released. There's no no word on price or release date no for Cybertron. Says. No, not just, Cybertron, Trent, T-Formers, sorry. Yeah, there's no solicits just yet. It's just um, on show floor picks from an unnamed Comic Con. Yeah, it's somewhere around the place. If you go to image number nine, you can also see um, this is the it's like the only image that I've been able to find of the figure. You can see a premium scale bumblebee there as well. Mm, yeah, so that's you know the difference between deluxe and premium. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we we knew when three A announced the deluxe series that uh, they're going to be smaller, more affordable figures. So yeah. So it's just, I also just find this image kind of hilarious. It's just for whatever reason that visual of the giant bumblebee next to a prime. It's giant bee. Yeah, it looks like it looks like there's another one next to him as well. That's yeah, I think that's the last night version. Mm. Yeah. Just make this what their fourth multi several hundred dollar bumblebee that they've done. Well, you know, if you got the, if you got it, you should uh, you know roll with it and uh, repaint it, reuse it as much as you can. Especially if it doesn't have to transform, it's a little bit simpler for them, right? 
and people buy them. Yeah. Now, look, um, yes, clearly. Uh, all right, so um, a couple of brief mentions before we move off Bumblebee and on to something else. Uh, there was a neat little, there was a neat little April April Fool's gag this week, uh, announcing the release of Bumblebee on VHS cassette. Um, now, full 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 props to Paramount here. They've they've really gone the whole hog. They actually apparently um, from from the looks of what I've seen on uh, on some of the news sites, they did in fact put the movie on the VHS cassette and they did send it to people, which does address the major complaint that people had about the uh, cassettes that we got in Australia, which is that they were blank. Uh, so good on them for doing that. They've sent they've sent a um, they've sent the promo cassette out to a few, out to a few sites, and as you can see, uh, T Form has had a bit of fun putting putting together with uh, the Studio Series thirty eight and, uh, and whatever the Studio Series B for the movie is. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not. It is, however, not available. There is a lovely B kind rewind um, sticker on it, which uh, is B with, uh, as in Bumblebee, and yeah, that's that's pretty neat from there. And this is very little to be gained from putting on a VHS. So I just did it because I could. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, like, like I said, it's um, yeah, it, it, it's a bit cute. Anywho, uh, brief mention for that, and uh, another brief mention comes to uh, the storyboard information from uh, Industrial Light and Magic, whose website I've never actually browsed, I must say, but uh, at, at ilm.com, um, you will find under visual development, you'll find a portfolio of images uh, showing how they went about creating some of the visuals for the Bumblebee movie. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of reference to the original cartoon in here as well, which is really it's quite interesting to see. Comparisons and you know, see the artistic process behind it. Yeah, so, of how they've updated it but kept it faithful. And there's other you know cool little tidbits like obviously made in a very short span of time. So basically, all, all those uh, character designs were jet. Um, shockwave, soundwave, whatever, you, they're all largely made from reused assets from other Transformers characters that ILM had. Yeah, I remember I remember when some of the um some of the character art stills from the DVD came out uh, a couple of weeks ago, people started looking at them and figuring out where you know they'd reused feet or reused various components. And I, I, I think I think it speaks to some quite uh quite savvy reuse of uh of the components. That way you know they get to avoid um they get to avoid having to remodel things and they can you know, just reuse things that don't, they don't matter, like you know, a, a hand or a foot or whatever. It doesn't matter if someone's got the same hands or feet. But it also sort of goes to the fact that they are a mechanical race that will, uh, you know, will probably develop similar-looking similar parts and pieces. So the... um, the, stuff, like, sorry. Well, uh, the, so there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of references to the cartoon here and they do say that the G1 cartoon was actually the absolute design reference for... Um, a lot of the action set pieces, which we know because we've seen people pull out the fact that you know there's a there's a reference to the opening credits uh, where you know two of the characters are fighting when um, when uh, Dropkick and Bumblebee are, are fighting later in the movie, um, and of course you know there's such such you know G one G one homage styles to a lot of the Transformers too. Yeah, it's interesting that like they have you know all this G one stuff, but then they've like they've thrown in Armada Frost in there as well, which is, I don't, I don't know why that in particular stood out to me, 
but I just I found it was a really neat touch. That mm. It like just for whatever reason, this movie in this sequence and movie that's full of all these G one tidbits and references. It's just this one throwaway reference to Armada. It really I don't know it's it stuck out to me in showing that you know maybe but the people working on this didn't but they don't just have this superficial knowledge of Transformers that they go like oh you know it's going to be the movies but it looks like the 80s it's like no they actually know what they're doing but they've got a seems to me that you know at least those on a high level have a deeper understanding and knowledge of the Transformers franchise as a whole well, it's probably also likely that um, the people who are working at Industrial Light and Magic now working on Transformers were actually watching the cartoon as a, as a kid. Well, you're probably right. Like, I I have mates who are like a couple years older than I am who work in the film industry nowadays, you know, on CG stuff. Like, it's not... And they would have been... I, I know how old they are. They would have been kids when Armada was showing. So, yeah, yeah that's that kind of weird to think about. So yeah, um, look, I suggest I suggest having a look at it. The the link to this the link to this gallery is in the show notes. Um, so yeah, check it out. Check it out and see. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting references to uh, how they designed the characters, how they built them, and and their um, design references. Yeah, it's just a great to look at it from a production standpoint. Like interesting stuff. So the next story is that uh, Everard has apparently gone a little bit crazy for Star Convoy this week. Or um, to give him his proper name, what, what's he called? Galaxy Upgrade. Galaxy Upgrade Optimus Prime. Okay. Have you not seen the post for this flying around? Oh, no, I've seen it. I'm just... Oh, Japanese naming convention. No, sorry, sorry. No, Galaxy Upgrade Optimus Prime is actually not this one. Sorry, that was that's the leader class siege um, siege figure. So, sorry, what we're looking at is is indeed yes, Star Convoy. It is coming out under the Generations Select uh, line, and it's got um, so it's a, it's it's appearing to be driven more by Takara Tomy than Hasbro, but. If you do want the figure, you can pre-order it direct from Hasbro on the on Hasbro Pulses on Hasbro's Pulse website. Now, what's interesting about that is the Generation Select thing has largely seemed to be a Western thing. Like we haven't mm. really seen much mention of that um, Megatron or Swoop releasing in Japan, whereas this is very much a Japanese release. You know, um, but it you know, uh, you know it's just a Japanese version of the character over. Promos in Japanese only been showed at Japanese shows, but it's coming out under this Generation Select line, which you know leads me to think that it this subline is actually a bit more universal than we may have previously thought. It might be more universal than Transformers Universe. Maybe I get nothing for that. Fair enough. Maybe, maybe um, so, not getting jokes. so what we are so what we are looking at so Star Convoy is. A repaint and a retool of Power of the Primes Optimus Prime, and and so like once you once you sort of are, once you're aware of that, you can sort of you can you can look at the legs and see what they've changed on the legs. You can look at the chest and you can see that yes, indeed, there is the the evolution gimmick sort of still at play. Whether you've got the, the sort of the chest figure that transforms, and in uh, Optimus Prime's case, it was Orion Pax. Um, in the case of Star Convoy, I think the I think the inner robot is either Optimus Prime or Convoy, and um, 
and yeah, and so then it, it slots into it slots into the armor, and um, the so the notable part that was uh, revealed this week is that there is in fact a chromed up matrix inside the character and inside the figure and inside his chest, and you can, as you can see in this photo here, <laughs> link the matrix into the gun. I suppose the matrix could be used as a weapon in theory. Like it's a gimmick now. It's it's canon now. Oh, it's it's canon now that the matrix can do anything that you want it, the matrix gets new abilities for the sake of plot so yeah um still uh imp impressive reuse of the mold um i think i i feel like the optimus prime figure is quite well regarded um it's perhaps perhaps the better regarded out of, of the uh, evolution gimmicks out of the um the sort of the first wave with uh, him versus Rodimus or Rodimus Prime or Rodimus Unicronus. But yeah, this, uh, this was the one that yeah. sort of just came out and sort of quietly blew everyone away because people were like, oh, this is this is surprisingly really good. Yeah. Yeah, this is the, uh, so this is the heaviest retool, I think, which is the the inner robot, which on um, on the original figure was uh, more Orion Pax representation. But here, here the inner robot is most definitely an Optimus Prime figure. It's has a, it does have that like slight you know jinrai quality to it you know what i mean it does he's also he, he's also got like yellow eyes yeah a bit more angular um yellow eyes obviously you know um a bit liver it does which i which i don't recall being associated with star convoy i mean granted star convoy is like for the amount of love that people have for it is an incredibly obscure part of Japanese G1. But like, I, I don't recall Star Convoy being particularly related to Jinrai in any capacity. So yeah, it seems fair. Just, this is just filling the slot, basically. Yeah, it, it is. It is really ultimately just stuff to go into the chest slot. But you know, like it, it does, it does sort of suit the figure because you do need something to go in. There. Um, I, I, I kind of like it. Um, someone. Someone posted a picture of it on Twitter and went, "Oh my god, they've updated the Action Master!" And they kind of have. Like he 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 does he does look a lot like the Action Master figure. So yeah, actually not wrong. It's, on the whole, just it's a good looking figure. Um, very much, very much. He, he is good, definitely good, good chance figure. to get a hold of this mold if you miss if you weren't so enamored with just buying another G One Prime the first time around. So, I believe I believe it will be available from Takara Tomy Mall, but uh, and yes, it, it is also available from Hasbro Pulse. Now, it is my hope that in the future this might also this might mean that any of the other Takara Tomy Mall exclusives might also become available as Generation Selects from uh, Hasbro Pulse. We'll see how it goes. I, I assume it'll make its way to the West in some capacity. Yeah. Now uh, let's. So we're not we're not actually done with Star Convoy yet. Although um, the next story is more the next story is more interesting given the um, uh, oh you know what it's uh, yeah. So uh, what we are looking at here is the uh, so Transform and Rollout. Uh, they've managed to uh, managed to recapture a bit of uh, a bit of interest from people this week because they've re they've revealed via renders their TR02. It's their second figure. The first was their um, their uh, Transformer Rollout Jazz. Fairly well received, I think, but ultimately I felt I felt like people sort of received Jazz and just went, ah, yeah, it was all right. 
It's, um, it just came and went basically. It was I didn't hear anything bad about it. I heard yeah, I didn't hear it. I, 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 I no didn't hear anything cared. bad about it, but I just didn't hear anything great about it either. Yeah. Now, depending on how long it takes them to come out with uh, TR02, their Commander of Stars, uh, it, it could be quite interesting. But a lot of people have seen the have seen these pictures this week, and they are really interesting. Yeah, no, I I think this is. You know, I think what really interests me here is that it's spe quite specifically not animation accurate. Mm. Because you know, animation Cybertron Prime is directly based off of a toy, whereas this, is, and so has that, you know, quite blocky uh, aspect to it. Whereas this is, you know, quite obviously, it's a slimmed down, more anime-esque version of the character. You know, it's got that pushed out crotch, that slimmed torso, you know, that wider stance in the legs. Like, he's not animation accurate at all. He looks, he's clearly Cybertron Prime, but they've changed it up a whole lot purely for the sake of make, just making it look like a better toy. Um, and I, I think that's, that uh, the figure actually looks better for it, especially considering it seems to transform pretty damn well. It does. His, his track mode is quite good. I, I mean, it's a, bit, it's a bit sort of like futuristic and, not necessarily that well thought out, but like, you know, still it looks good. Um, now, we don't really have much by way of price or release date for, for this guy yet. It's very early days, so yeah, there's not going to be that much yet. We'll find it. We'll find out more. But, yeah. And of course, they are renders. They're not actually, they're not actually real prototypes or real, real figures. It's true, which is, yeah, I suppose that gives you an idea of a stage of a project, right? Because renders can be made up like that. Whereas, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's it's obviously they're they're obviously they've designed it, but um, you know they they they've got to figure out how to uh, manufacture it and make it all hang together, tab together properly. Let's uh, let's have a look. There's um, I think second last story, Hallmark. Now, Hallmark. Uh, this actually came out last week, but I just I don't think we covered it. Um, Hallmark has a, a, a tradition. A tradition now they they create um, a Transformers based Christmas ornaments for the people's Christmas trees everywhere. And this year the ornament is based on the G one Bumblebee toy, although it's um, very notably the reissue, which has the uh, more cartoon accurate head. I'm not the only one who finds that cartoon accurate head dis disconcerting. Am I? Like, just... um, you, you mean because it appears to be like disconnected from his body? Yeah, it, even if it wasn't disconnected, I don't. It just looks strange. I think it, I think it looks fine on the toy. On the on the toy, I don't know. It's always thrown me off for whatever reason. Yeah, fair enough. I I, I, I think it looks fine. Um, this is a this is well. I, I think we're looking at a render. We're looking at a render here, so like it looks a little bit more glossy than uh, the real thing probably will, and you know every, everything's perfectly put in place instead of what happens when it gets manufactured but um yeah i i, I think it looks good i'd be happy to have this on my tree i i think i need to actually i think i need to actually chase down some of the other hallmark um transformers ornaments and uh maybe uh maybe give myself a, a merry christmas for for 2019. yeah it's a nice little thing yeah. Now they don't they don't generally come to Australia. So if you don't if you are after one of these, you'll probably need to order it online and get it shipped in. Yeah. That's it. I do know people. I do know people here who have them. I, I, people seem to get a hold of them in the club 
you know, around Christmas and I see a bunch of posts about them. So, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, I'm they're assuming they're... it's not too hard nor expensive. No, people are not that afraid to import them. And yeah, these are not, these are not statues. They're not super expensive items. They're just, you know, they're just, uh, I mean, they're more sculptures, really. Final bit of news for the night. Uh, there is a new update to X Transbots Arcos, which is their uh, masterpiece G1 Beachcomber. Um, he is uh, he is calling Ar they are giving him the very interesting nickname of uh, Arcos version two, and um, he's got a nice new paint job. And they appear to have fixed some of the uh, issues with tolerances and tolerances and things not tabbing in. So. If you don't already have a masterpiece beachcomber, it might be worth waiting for uh, for this guy to come out. Now, um, he is expected to release in the second second quarter of 2019, which means so we're in April now. So this is second quarter. So he's only going to be out April, May, or June, or July because they'll probably miss their deadline. Yeah. I mean, you're I I've heard that this is one of the better X Transbots releases, but I'm, I think you've had some experience with this figure as I haven't. Like. Is that true? Is this you know, one is, of the better things that they've put out? Yeah, yeah, he is, he is a nice figure. It's just that it's Beachcomber. It's, like, it's, it's not a character that's been crying out for a masterpiece scale rendition. And so it's just sort of like, yeah, I guess that's what Beachcomber would look like as a masterpiece. Cool. Okay. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of um, creative complexity behind it, but if it makes a good figure, then you can't really that's, complain. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look... They've got some. They've got some. They've got some really good articulation in him here as well. Like you can see the poses that he's pulling off here. This is a little guy. He's I mean, he's not legend scale. He is a little bit bigger than that because he is a masterpiece scale beachcomber. He's a masterpiece scale. Hmm? Is he about the size of Bumblebee? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes. He goes. He goes well with. Um, goes well with masterpiece B. Yeah, I do. I quite like the proportions here. It's what's standing out to me. Like he's just looks natural in. All the poses I show them in. Yeah. yeah nothing yeah, looks right. really awkward or um, out of place. It all just seems to flow quite nicely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that is about it for news this week. Um, uh, I hear one of us has new acquisitions. One of us does have new acquisitions. Um, We'll talk, well, let's let's go through some acquisitions quickly, and uh, then of course a quick podcast is a good podcast. So we might uh, we might uh, cut it off there, shall we? But um, I have a few things. I have a few things to show off. Right, uh, number one, I put some photos of these pins. Uh, actually, no, you know, I didn't put photos of these pins. I put a photo of this um, acrylic acrylic keychain charm. Hang on, I, I need to make myself the uh, presenter for this to work. There we go. So um, I put this. I put a photo of this uh, Soundwave acrylic keychain charm uh, in the group today. And so, uh, you, you, so it's from a Kickstarter called Family Superior, and it's sort of centered around Soundwave sort of being a bit of a father figure to all the cassettes, and the cassettes <laughs> sort of being a bit like mischievous children. And so you can see he's got the two birds. He's got a he's got Ravage sort of being the cat in his lap, and then there's uh, Rumble and Frenzy. And I'm not saying which is which. Um, hanging around, sort of like all tired out from being uh, from being however mischievous they are. And uh, the other thing is that uh, I don't know if you can see from here if it's going to focus. It's probably not. But uh, his Decepticon logo has been replaced with a heart. Oh, it's wholesome. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I know. It is. It is really wholesome and it's really nice and it's very very cute and lovely. And so 
the Kickstarter was based around these um, enamel pins as well. And so there's a there's sort of a profile headshot of Soundwave surrounded by some flowers that may or may not be the murder flowers from IDW. Um, there's, if those so the, flowers have become a running motif in fan art for the wrong reasons. No, I don't think they're for the. I don't think they're necessarily for the wrong reasons. I see them show yeah. up a lot nowadays. Yeah, they, yeah, they do show up a lot, but uh, I think they're fine. Um, like, I, I think their introduction was a quite a poignant story, and I don't think people are misusing them. Um, so, and, and again, like you know, so here's Ravage again, surrounded by some flowers, which not really that inappropriate for Ravage, right? Yeah, it's quite. Well, it's really well done. Like. It, it is really well done, um, and for some reason, the for some reason I got two. The second Ravage, I think, might be a second of some kind. Um, so yeah, don't know. But uh, I don't know. We might we might put the second Ravage up for a competition in TCCA. There's a there's a pin pin set of uh, Rumble and Frenzy, and they're both they're linked by a chain, which is quite neat. Um, and same thing. There's a pin set of uh, pin set of uh, Laserbeak and Buzzsaw again, sort of linked up by a chain as well. That's a pretty great. That's, oh. Um... Soundwave being a dad to the cassettes figures, like one of the. <laughs> it's just one of the best running jokes in a franchise. Like, yeah, I know, right? It's cute. Um, they also, the the Kickstarter rewards also um, came up with bookmarks, uh, just for some some of the artwork on them as well, which I thought was quite nice. That's just, that's actually really gorgeous. It actually really is, isn't it? That's, um, yeah, it's stunning. And on the back of it, on the back of it, it's a so on the back of it might explain some of the uh, the references. It's the cactus family, which is which stands for uh, endurance, strength, protection, warmth, and care. So yeah, and also as a, as other bonuses for the Kickstarter, um, they gave some stickers with the, the the badge design, sort of at a larger scale as well. Nice, hook you up with a good good amount there. Yeah, they did. They did. I'm very happy. I need to actually, they only just arrived today, so I need to actually go get back to the person who ran the Kickstarter and thank them for all the goodies that they sent. So, yeah. Um, other acquisitions. Today, today I went shopping, and when I went to Toymate in Chatswood, I found a single pack of uh, BotBots. I found, I found BotBots single packs, uh, single blind packs. So I dutifully opened up my phone and... Uh, picked up a few packs and looked at the numbers on the back and looked at the um, looked at the, the identification guide and I got to say um, this guy this guy's pretty amazing I think of it was, I think about the series two version of him as well but um, may I present to you uh, Totes McGoats? Sorry, he, what? He, yeah, he is a transformer named Totes McGoats, Uh and he turns into a tote bag as you can see, like when you sort of compress everything down there. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 really impressed. Like, I feel like I feel like we've said this before. Like, they are having a lot of fun with the BotBots names, uh, and the next one is also no no exception. And this one might be my favorite BotBot. It is a little it is a little Venus flytrap plant called Venus Frog Trap, um, <laughs> because technically in this mode he's meant to be a frog, um, but also like uh, it can get really angry and you know, he can open his mouth really wide and you know. Bite down, bite down on some naughty transformers when they they attempt to do something bad. So um, they they are my current favourite BotBots figures. Ask again next week; I might have some more. There, um, are, other... there are some people who have an issue with the Transformers franchise going in that direction. 
You know I'm what? One of those people. You know, you know what? Just... I, I haven't met them and I'm really happy that they're not in my echo chamber on Twitter and that everyone I know is just super into them and they all enjoy playing with bot bots. That's that's the way to be because they're just they're great. They are they are they're great. not for me, but they're just excellent. Yeah, so if someone if someone gave you a bot bot, then you know it might change your mind. They are that you can get one for you can get one for five bucks. Just go and pick one, pick one and adopt it and take it with you. It's, I, I may just do that. Like, yeah, it's uh, my new son. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can do that just to shut me up. <laughs> if I finally get you to stop. If I, if I buy a bubble, will you just stop talking about them on the podcast? It's Look, like if I buy... Uh, no, because they keep releasing new ones. So, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, ne we're never going to be done with BotBots now because like, there's, there's going to be like new series of them forevermore. Yeah, I, I actually wonder. I do half wonder how long we're going to keep going. No, it's just it's just been such a it's been such a sudden intense burst of creative output for Transformers that like we haven't seen anything like it before. We're only used to seeing like we're only used to seeing what like four or five characters in a wave, not sixty. If it they are crank they crank them out really fast. Like I am, I wonder you know to what extent uh, it's a de like a dedicated team as opposed to. Um, as opposed to having like a whole bunch of people from different departments working on it at once, like yeah, the structure is like. To, is there someone whose job is to just come up with names for bot bots? Yes, yes, there is. I, I would like. I would dearly like to meet that person. I'd like to be that person. <laughs> yeah. All right. One last acquisition, and then we're going to go. I don't need to talk about this guy too much because we've talked about him a lot on the podcast, but. Uh, I did finally, I did secure myself a Mango Prime. Oh, now, surprisingly good looking. He is, he is not surprisingly good looking because like uh, we always knew how good looking it was from the photos, but oh, good. You know, you know, let me. Oh, you, let me you bring, might have known. <laughs> let me bring a little bit more light onto the, uh, onto the subject here, right? Like that, that orange finish, the Mango finish, like it's a little bit. It's a little bit fire guts, but it's actually not. It's not that intense, and it's just. It's a very nice. You know, it's a, it's a very nice sort of like pasty, pasty orange. You know, um, and that's why I call him Mango Prime. Um, it, it has that quality to it. It's actually, it, it, you know, blended with a white as well. Yeah. Was this, was, a, was this one of those shoe tie-ins? It sure. It sure was. Repaint? Yeah. Yeah. So the number of MP10 repaints that they came out with for the shoes was pretty intense. Um, but like, they all just were not that interesting to me. But um, the orange on this, I, the orange on this really spoke to me. And so I, I made sure that I've got this one. And I don't need the others. I'm happy with this. Yeah, it's, it is a visually stunning thing for sure. It sure is, yeah. And uh, so that that is new acquisitions. I should have... Um, so I should have Beast Wars Megatron, the Masterpiece Beast Wars Megatron next week. But next week, Friday night is Good Friday, so I can't guarantee that we'll can't guarantee we'll actually be doing a show or all that um, you know will necessarily all necessarily all be around for it. So it might be another couple of weeks before I get to show him off. Um, we'll see how we go. I think Brad has him as well. So if Brad's on next week, then um, you can bet you, you can bet that he'll be showing off Beast Wars Megatron. Yeah, I'm interested to see your takes on that after a lot of the in-hand reports we've heard. 
Yeah, I've, just, I've been told just make sure I've been told to make sure that you just uh, don't uh, just make sure that you handle his crotch properly. Also, also true in so many cases. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, and, and in fact, also apparently, um, uh, Michael Vella was also saying that uh, the the the, um, the sort of the scales and the pointy bits on the back. Uh, I think he said he found them more of a problem than the than the, the sort of possible possible snappy crotch. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't quite looked into that or into uh, issues all that much. So, in, um, in any case, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Look, I, I, I've been I've been quite distracted for the last few weeks. I haven't been paying a lot of attention. So, um, I will be I'll be interested to get Beast Wars Megatron and take him out and uh, have a bit of a play with him and pose him for some photos and see how it goes. Awesome. All right, all right. I think we might bring the show to a close. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a quiet one, but it's a quiet one and a quick one and a good one. So I think, um, I think that's it. So thank you for listening, everyone. And if you're watching the live record, which uh, apparently a couple of people are, then thanks for checking us out. Uh, you can find out more info about these stories and more in the links in the run sheet. Find us at transformersweekly.podbean.com. You can also find the Facebook page at Australian Transformers Weekly, and of course. Uh, Max and I are both in Transformers Collectors Club Australia on Facebook. You can subscribe to us through everything. Uh, I don't think we really need to call out all the in, all the individual podcast apps anymore. Uh, but we are a production of Transformers Collectors Club Australia. It's a registered club in Victoria run by volunteers who donate their time and money to make the club better for everyone. Our goal is to connect Transformers fans around the country. And we do it by engaging the collecting community with things like this and things like what you're doing over this weekend, Max, going out to the uh, to the uh, toy fair. Yeah, it should be good as per usual. You know, I'm doing a joint stand of myself and TCC and we'll have a couple of people to help out there. Um, so thank you to Morgan and Sean in advance. It's always nice to have minions. It, it is. It's always nice to be able to go to the toilet without having to worry about your stuff being stolen as well. Always good, yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay, on that on that note, on that bombshell, that is it from us. Uh, we'll be back with more Transformers news either next week or the week after, given that it's Easter. We'll see how we go. All right. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.